Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Humans Excess Manchester with me, Clint Boone. This series is sponsored by our friends at Safer Roads GM, helping us to keep ourselves and each other safe on the roads of Manchester. This week, I'm joined by my old mate, Liam Gallagher. I jumped on a train and went down to London to record this one. Liam talks about the rise and fall of Oasis. He knows deep down I love him, and whatever he thinks I did, I didn't. And he talks about his relationship with his children. I think the three of them have turned out they turned out all right. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to be joined by my guest today. I first met him when he was a 16-year-old starry-eyed kid <laughs> living with his mum and brothers in Burnage. Now he's a 47-year-old. Starry-eyed bloke. Yeah, with a bag of chips on his shoulder. <laughs> Liam Gallagher, great to see you again. And you, man. How are you? Well, yeah, feel good, man. Good. It feels like life's uh, treating you real well, and the, the last couple of years have been pretty amazing for you. And the last time yeah. I saw you was 18 months ago for the... Uh, we were chatting about the debut album, which had just come out. Since then, it's gone ballistic around the world. The gigs have been magnificently received. There's a beautiful film that's just been released about you. Yeah, normal so, business has resumed, man. Life's good. Does it feel good to be back on top of the game again? Yeah, man, because like I was saying before, it's like, you know, your fame don't go away, you know what I mean? Which, 
you know, you walk down the street and everyone still cocks your head and all that stuff. And, you know, but if you haven't got anything to really talk about or back it up, it's, it's, it's not good, is it? You know what I mean? So if you've got music or whatever you do, you know what I mean? And it's current. You've got something to shout about, it suits your walk. Totally. So it's good to be back making music. And the film's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Are you happy with it? Yeah, I'm happy with it, man. At first, I wasn't... I was, you know, I got bored of it. I was just going, look, does people need to see this? You know what I mean? It's not that... It's like, I think everyone's sort of seen it all before, but after a couple of times and a couple of tweaks and that, I sort of got into it. Yeah. But no, I am happy with it. I'm glad it got documented. Charlie Lightning has been following you about with the camera for like 10 he, years or something. Yes, fully, if that's what you call it. Stalking, man. Yeah. <laughs> has there been awkward moments like when you've had to turn to him and say, don't put that in your yeah. in film? Getting out of vans, you know what I mean? You know when you're getting out of vans and all that tackle, you don't look good, do you, getting out of vans? You know, yeah. Getting in them, you're all right, but getting out of them. I'm like, I just don't feel almost getting out of the van again for the nine millionth time, man. Just wait till I'm out and I've shook my legs. <laughs> then, we can, then we can go, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's a good bloke, Charlie Lightning. Isn't yeah, he? no, he's top lad, man. There's a line that you say in the film, I find my place in life and it's in front of that microphone stand. Yeah. Do you ever wonder what life might have dealt you if you'd not gone down the rock and roll route? Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Uh, yeah, I do, man. <clears throat> I'd, either, I'd, probably, I'd probably be still in Manchester, which is not a bad thing, I guess, but... Don't know, man. I weren't, I weren't, I weren't up for working. You know what I mean? God knows, man. Got music coming, and I kind of got mm. rescued by the music. Do you remember know. the last proper job you had? Last proper <coughs> job I had was what was it? now? I think I was, was doing a bit of labouring with my old man, and then I was, you know, I dug up half of Bloody Market Street and that with um, Murphy's. I think it was yeah. Murphy's I worked for, the Irish firm and that. And then um, I did a bit of. Something in a garden centre which was nice and chilled and that. Yeah. And then I did a bit with you's dinner some days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't do much for you's and that, nah, but I did a bit. Out. I did enough. Unga, unga yeah, out looking it, cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you I, did I, it. The last well, I, I would have always done that, you know what I mean? I'm like, I always go, wow, kid, yeah, get us one of them jobs with me, Spinal Carpets, Rodine and that. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. and, he, and he was like, no, they're mine, kind of thing. He was like, a bit. <laughs> a bit like that, isn't he? Yeah. I'd have been like, I'd have, I'd have been quite happy doing that, as long as it was in the music, but I didn't really fancy working. Not for I, me. One of my fondest memories of you is when you, you ended up taking the job that Noel used to do, British yeah. Gas. Oh, yeah. That, that one, little, yeah. You, you were a watchman, weren't you, for the That's local right, storage yeah. yard in that little shed. Yeah. And I remember, I'm sure I've got a photograph of this somewhere, you sat in that shed. It was only big enough for one bloke to sit in it. Yeah. Little uh, ghetto blaster. That's right. Because I remember you doing a photo shoot there, didn't That's you? That's right, for sounds like melody makers. With all them yellow pipes. And yeah. Them and, them yellow pipes. and you had a Stone Roses picture behind you on the wall. There you go. I just always remember that picture of you. That's like where before you set out on that journey. Yeah, there you go. So in a parallel universe, you might still be working for British Gas. I know, God bless <laughs> Jesus. Obviously, I just referred then to the fact that your big brother Noel came working for our yeah. band as a roadie. So that, you came as part of the package. You were the little yeah. brother that was mad on I was bands. the one doing all the lifting. You were doing a lot of the lugging yeah, about. He, did, he didn't do much work, did he, our kid? Did he nah. just stood around, didn't he? Fucking ne skinning up and shit. Never got a sweat on, did he, in his yeah. entire career yeah. as a roadie? Bonehead did the driving. Yeah. One of my most vivid memories is you sitting in our dressing, various dressing rooms, yeah. sat in the corner, dead quiet. Yeah, then. no, so I was just observing, man, just thinking, this is the world I want to live in, you know what I mean? Like, just, you know, I was just obsessed with it, like, just thinking, look, the geezer's behind a keyboard, the geezer's behind a kit, singer, guitarist, amps. I was just, like, mesmerised by the whole setup. you know what I mean? Thinking, one day, I'm going to do this. Fridge full of beer. Yeah, the easy. Get stuck the, in, Liam. The easy life. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> there's a beautiful scene in the. Well, there's a lot of beautiful scenes in the film, which I'm going to mention a few of these. But there's one scene like the amount of love 
that people have got for you. I mean, love for you as a person yeah. from Japan right through to Argentina. Yeah. It's really moving that. And the way it's set to, it's not always set to your music. The, the, the way they've edited it is like, mm. there's one scene that's got Mazzy Star fading yeah. to you playing while uh, Lennon and Gene are watching you on stage somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like the amount of love as you're travelling about now? Totally, man. Totally, man. There's like, I never get any grief, you know what I mean? Touch wood and all that stuff. But... Um... No, I definitely feel the love, man. A lot of people, they just like the truth, don't they? You know what I mean? There's a lot of bullshitters out there these days and with the politicians and stuff like that. And I think I'd want it. I just look at it from my perspective, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd want, you know, I want, the, I want the truth, you know yeah. what I mean? Whatever yeah. that is, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshitters in the world, isn't there? Yeah, I think, especially in the world of politics, like yeah, you said. Yeah. And Blast music as well, though, you know what I mean? <coughs> yeah. There's a lot, a lot of musicians these days that fancy themselves as politicians, which is dreadful. One of the best things about what's happening to you at the moment is it's not just about the music. The music is important to everybody, but it's almost like the, the, the love for people that have for you is as important as the music now. Yeah. It's fucking massive, isn't it? I think the generations as well, like the people who was in Oasis or whatever, my age, they've all got kids now, the same age as my kids, and I think they've either had it rammed down the throat or they've got no choice. Or the, but there's a lot of a lot of young kids coming to the gigs now, man, which is good. It's a testament to the music, I guess. Well, about that Glastonbury moment we were going on stage, 2017, you did Glastonbury, mm. and you turned up not knowing what to expect, thinking yeah. you might get a load of grief, you might yeah. get an empty field or whatever. Yeah. And it's a beautiful scene in the movie where you walk out and it's just... Yeah, man. Epic. I wasn't nervous that day. I know a lot of people were sort of going, oh, I'm sure there would have been a few people there waiting for you to fall and all that, but I did feel the vibe instantly. Big gigs are always, they're always good for me. I always think, you know, you can get you can get stuck into it. And plus, the music was good. You know, we've got, obviously, playing some Oasis songs and some of that As You Were stuff, and I just I think if you've got if you've got a good set, man, I think you can win them over. But no, it was good, man. I just think you've got to simplify stuff, haven't you? You know what I mean? If you go on there expecting it, you fall flat on your face. If you just go on there and go, look, you know, you've got to work at it as well, aren't you? You know what I mean? Mm. Not every song is going to go down a storm, you know what I mean? So you've got to, you've got to work the set, I think, and just keep at it. Have you watched the film yourself? Have you, is there any bits you wish you'd not let them use? Anything you'd like to check out? What, of the film? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I don't know which ones are you. No, I love it all, mate, I love it all. But no, I, like, I liked it all, man. I thought yeah. it was all pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was all right, man. When you see film of yourself, like, because there's a lot of documentary stuff that's, 24, 25 years old, are you like right at the eye of the chaos, the oasis, mm. it's madness. What do you think of the Liam when you see that that Liam then? Yeah, he's like, cute, man, he's sweet, man. He's just like, you know, talks a lot of nonsense and that, but that ain't changed and that. But yeah, I thought he's, he's all right, man. I would have hung out with him now. I still like him. I like the new I mean, I still, got, I still do hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it brings us very nicely to your kids because there's a lot of um, shots in the film of uh, your boys, particularly Lennon and yeah. Gene. Two knobheads for the price of one. To court, to court <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you what it is with that one. Oh, they, they, they can give it out, man, and they can, they can take it. But, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm always getting them at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, do you see yourselves in them both? Yeah, definitely. Gene's definitely got a chip on his shoulder and he's got a bit of, you know, he's, a bit, you know, he's got that kind of thing. Lennon's a bit more chilled, so I think it's equally balanced, do you know what I mean? Even with Molly, she's like, she's got a bit of a temper on her as well. She can hold her own. But then the sweet, I think the three of them have turned out... It turned out all right, man. Yeah. I think a lot of kids from Mad Ed's parents, have, they all seem to turn out all right, you know what I mean? It's the ones who are... It's the parents that are a bit uptight, the ones... They, they're the ones that seem to breed dickheads. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think? You know what I mean? Totally agree with like all Even that. Richard Ashcroft, I've seen his kids the other day. His kids, I mean, his kids are sound, man. Yeah. I mean, Gillespie's and 
you know, Innes is in that. He brought his kids, and they just sound. You know what I mean? Like mm. nice people. Yeah, I'm sure yours are all nice. They're all beautiful. Yeah, but like I said, they're not not conventional. Exactly. Parenting methods. Are this yeah, exactly. My kids walk to school. We've been homeschooling for like six, seven years wow. now. So, so they're all. Who does that then? Do you? Oh, do you have someone coming? What? Up? My wife does. She manages a lot of the activities. Right. We do. We have a tutor on a Thursday that comes to teach. Yeah, man. Some two of the kids the academic stuff. My 15 year old's online four days a week doing a live class. He's wow. a genius. That wow. fella. Wow. So yeah, we're just doing it our own way, and it's very good. I for think you, for man. me, it's from the punk thing. You know, when punk happened, it was like you don't have to do everything the way the system tells you. So totally, it's a continuation. Well, of that. totally. Well, my well, my two left school with nothing, and the amount of money it cost me to put them in it, they just ended up with nothing. Molly's at Goldsmith. She's really clever. I'm not saying the other two ain't, but they just don't think that was right for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. School. You know what I mean? It's but, not for some kids. Though, yeah, is it? it wasn't for me. I did shit at school, and yeah, I didn't really me too. didn't really start my journey until I came out of school. I went to art college, then punk up in 1976. Yeah. Everything changed after that. Do you think the uh, the boys are going to follow in your footsteps? Right. Well, jeans. They're all both. They're both sort of like trying to drying each other up far from across the room. You know what I mean? Jeans got a little band. Lennon's got a little band, and they're sort of just sort of working it out. Both playing guitar. I've not heard them sing yet. So that'll be a surprise when they sort of open their mouths and let me have it. But um, <laughs> Lennon's a bit more like, he's a bit more like spaced out, kind of like early verve, like bit of like, just like loads. He's pretty cool, man. Pretty chilled, mm. loads of effects and stuff. Whereas Gene's a bit more in your face, Arctic Monkeys kind of stuff. Right, brilliant. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, man, I, I go for it, man. I'd say go yeah. for it. Do you think you're going to have more babies? No, 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 no. Nah, nah. That's. Cut it off. <laughs> no, no, me and Debbie are cool with that, man. But just, I think, we've, I think, I've, I think we're sorted on that. Not like well, I just keep going like a machine. Oh God, no, 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 not no. But I don't know, man. Mine are up and running now, so yeah, yeah. I'm done. You're done enough there. Done, yeah. As a father, does it worry you? Do you feel yeah. like the world's falling apart a little w bit? Without a doubt, there's no two ways about it, man. It is fucking definitely come off its hinges. I don't know how it's going to change. You know what I mean? It can't. I mean, you date to say that it can't get any worse, but you know it fucking can. So it's just sad, man. I mean, like, I don't see it stopping, man. It's mm. fucking twisted at the moment. It's fucking off its box. And something about me thinks that the governments know how to sort this out, but they just don't know what, you know what I mean? It's like we're walking around like headless chickens, man, just getting on with it. And we're told to get on with it all the time and don't worry about it and all this, you know, you've got to go about your business. But it happens, there's a new thing every fucking month, isn't there? It's very scary, man. It's almost weekly now, isn't it? There's a lovely moment in the film where Debbie admits that when you heard the news that your album had gone to number one mm. and you both sat and had a little cry. Right, I don't know about that. I, I like that. that. Did, no, no, I probably did. Yeah. I am a bit of a soppy fucker in this lie, but no, I was well blown away by it. Still, I mean, I, mean, I haven't really processed it, but like, it's done well, man, in yeah. this climate. But uh, no, and like I said, if it, if it bombed, you know what I mean? I don't know what I'd have done then. Here we are with an album number two ready to go and I think it's miles better. I think the songs are a lot bigger than... Bigger sounding, bigger production, so hopefully people will dig it. We yeah. can do another one. Why is it better? Why do you think it's better? Well, I'll tell you why it's better because I've co wrote most now, and I think the last album I wrote a few on my own. And as much as they were, I'm never, I'm never gonna, as much as they were all right, I just think this next the album that we've done now, I, the songs that I did write for it on my own, they just, they just weren't good enough. So I handed them over to a few people, and they sort of messed about with them a bit and wrote a few more bits and that, and I think they've. It turned out really big. That's just the way it is now. I'm, I, I do songs with Colin, and I'm quite happy with that. You know, and I'm not one of them where I go, right, well, I've got to write everything, I've got to do everything. I, we're here to make good music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and you want it on the radio. You know what I mean? You want, you want it. You want, you don't make music. I don't anyway. I, I want everyone to hear it. 
And I just don't think my my whole songs would have got on the radio and they're just not good enough. So right. I've had a lot of help with them, with, you know, Greg, Greg Kirsten and Andrew Wyatt, and I just think it makes for a better album. And is Shockwave the opening track? We know it's Shock, the first single. Shockwave's the opening track, yeah. And is it a bit of a manifesto sort of track for the album? Does it set the mood for the album or is it? Yeah, there's a few. There's a, there's another one called Halo on there that's proper, just full on piano in your face. A bit like Rolling Stop It Stones and that. We're like, um, have you seen your mother, baby? You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of standing in the shadows. And there's one called Once, which is a bit of a ballad that was in the film. I get a bit of a Pink Floyd vibe from it, a bit Bowie. And there's one called Meadows, which is a bit Blue Jay Way kind of vibe, a bit trippy. There's another one called The River, which is an absolute beast, which is proper glam. Right. Right? So there's a few bits going on. Well, subject matter on there, what we were talking, what we were singing about. It's life, man, life, relationships, nothing, no politics, there's not going to swerve all that nonsense. Just the usual, man, life, yeah. love, you know what I mean, relationships. Obviously, Noel wrote the songs in Oasis, so I'd sort of like just be waiting, you know, sitting in the studio, like twiddling my thumbs, you know what I mean, waiting to sort of just do my singing. So I never really got involved with the writing. I sort of never turn around and all and go, yeah, I changed that word or I'm going to sing it like this. Obviously, I did sing it the way I sang it, but I mean, I definitely had to dig a little bit deeper for the words and stuff, you know what I mean? And not get too careful of, you know, not spill, you know, not give too much away, you know, of who I am and what I'm about. And I know a lot of people sort of go, well, you know, and there's certain things you want to hold back because you know because you have a life and all. And it's not all about music, but I think I found the right the right thing for just giving as much a little insight to what I'm about. Yeah. So that was good. I definitely went through all the lyrics, man, like with a fine tooth comb or whatever, and just made sure it was right. You know. So I spent a bit of time on the lyrics. Melody, I'm pretty good at. I can always have like if I start playing a guitar, I'll start humming it, and I can always have about three different kind of melodies mm. to the tune, so I can pick out of the three which one sort of. So I'm good with that kind of thing. Yeah. Looks like live, seeing you with your new band, looks like you're more in control of what's going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've took, I, I used to use them in-ear monitors and I've, them in-ear things and, I, and I've took them out now. So I just feel like I'm more in the room, you know what I mean? Like when you put them things in, it's like being fucking Mr. and Mrs, isn't it? When you get blindfolded and put yeah. in a cubicle and that. So they've gone and I think I've, it's helping my voice a bit better and just helping me being aware. I used to just be spaced out on there with them things in. And the band are cool, you know, we've only known each other a little bit. But as the more gigs we do, we're starting to, you know, suss each other out a bit. Well, I saw you play at the Ritz in Manchester, so it was just a few days after the arena tragedy. Yeah. First of all, how did you feel when you heard the news of what had gone on at the arena? As a yeah, man? I mean, I went. I was in bed 10 o'clock, got a text off my other brother Paul. So I got up that morning and he went, yeah, check what's going on, put the news on. Blown away, man, it's like outrageous that stuff happens, you know what mm. I mean? So just wanted to just you know someone and i think it was chris martin he was he was emailing me missus i was going what does he fucking want and she's going oh he wants to do this charity thing for that benefit gig and all that and we were booked to do something in germany so i said look we're not gonna be able to do it but i'll speak to the german promoter and he said look you can go on at four finish at five and then we fly back to manchester went straight back there into the toilet with chris Rehearsed, live forever. It just, like, a bit just like the nineties, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> into the toilets, but it was all very well behaved. We've done a couple. We've done that live forever, and then got on there and done it, and then got off. But yeah, it was terrible what happened. All you can do in them times of need and that is just get up and sing a song. You know what I mean? And you don't change anything, but just let people know that us so-called rock stars are not just in it for the money. Yeah.
And all we can do, like I say, as, as musicians and songwriters, all you can do is write a song or make some music because music is a great healer, isn't it? And without, like, without a doubt. Like our mutual friend Richard Ashcroft says, music is power. So without a doubt, That's all we can do. So the world saw you performing that One Love Manchester gig, which you, you did us all proud. You were yeah. impeccable at that. But before that, one of the greatest gigs I've ever been to, the O2 Ritz, incredible moment. Oh, top gig, that so man. Just, top venue. I was in the room waiting for you to come on stage and I, it's... I can't. I think it's only one other moment in rock and roll where I've witnessed that sort wow. of excitement. That was the Stone Roses about to come on stage at Eaton Park for the first night, wow. and it was just like cool, the, you wouldn't have had that. You'd have been in the dressing room, but the, yeah. the, the sense of occasion and anticipation and electricity in the room was just second to but none. That, it was phenomenal. Great man. So when well, you walked out on stage, yeah, you would have felt that love. Yeah, I had them in ear fucking things in, so I was probably going like, "What the fuck am I?" <laughs> I but no, I do, I do get it, man. I mean. Let, them little gigs are really good, man, and it's like, but yeah, I know. There's a lot was, of... Has there been a moment where, because that to me was the moment when I'd heard the new music, I knew it was right. We saw pictures, oh, you're looking better than ever, but mm. when you walked out on stage there in that reception you got, that to me was the moment when I realised that you've got it bang on this time, everything is spot on. Was there a moment like that recently where you thought, yeah, I'm on it now, this is it, they're going to get it? I think Glastonbury was a good moment, you know what I mean? There was a lot of love there and a lot of... A lot of people there and all that, and just yeah, it just seems a little bit different this time around. I think the the break, me not doing anything for a bit, and getting away, you know what I mean? It's like I'm in your face a lot, so I think everyone needed a bit of a break. So I think it's done everyone a world of good, and obviously I've got top management now, and I've got top songs and that, and I've opened it up to like collaborating with people. Mm. So yeah, and I think it's all about yeah. I think it feels good, man, at the moment. It's like you said then about sat at home twiddling your thumbs and. People want to see you doing what you're doing now, making music rather than being at home and winding yeah. your kid up on oh, Twitter yeah. or whatever else oh, yeah. for four years, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, yeah man, I mean, a lot of people get caught, you know, it's like, listen, mate, I, I was in a band with him for however long, you know what I mean? I'd come out of interviews and he'd be like, the people would be going, you know, he doesn't like you, does he? You know what I mean? So he'd be digging me out. So it's just payback time now, I think, you know what I mean? So, but I don't mean any harm, you know, I love our kid. Yeah, we know that. But, um, you know, if you can't slag your brother off, who can you? Slag your brothers are foreign, I mean, you can't slag your mum off, can you? No. Well, you could, but Peggy, yeah, well, you kick shit out. Yeah, she kicked fuck out. Of you, wouldn't you? you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She did give me a bit of a bollock the other week on the on the on about my tweets. She went, "Look, you better pack it in." I was like, "All right." I was hacked. <laughs> Someone hacked me. She went, "What do you mean hacked? What do you mean you were hacked?" I was like, <laughs> "So I was fucking hacked." Someone got me phone and did all that, man. I don't mean it. It was someone else. <laughs> the police are looking into it, ma'am. <laughs> So ultimately, you'd like there to be a reconciliation. I think mate, even, even as brothers, forget the music even, just oh, as mate, brothers. There is nothing more that I would love to have his head in my arm in a good, firm headlock and me just go like that on his wig. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> there was nothing more. And then we just get on with our business, you know what I mean? But, you know, he knows deep down I love him. And whatever he thinks I did, I didn't. And if I did do it, I didn't mean it. So there you go. We talked, Liam, about how you're on a bit of a roll at the moment. Your music's mm. sounding better than ever. You're looking great, by the way. Thank you. So are you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing my best. It's the pretty green, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It keeps us young, doesn't it? <laughs> the pretty green keeps us young. Get it on your back. Talk, can we talk about that? Going back a few years, so the Oasis split, obviously, mm. wasn't one of the high points of your life. No. I tell you what, it could have been, you know, it might not have been a high point, but I tell you what, I learned a lot from it, believe mm. you me. So yeah. as much as it was terrible and all that, and I felt like I had the you know the rug pulled from beneath my feet and all that, and like it was like didn't really didn't really like kind of uh, check how big it was until like after BDI ended. But I learned a lot from what happened, and I learned a lot from people and mm. and how people go about their business and to achieve 
other things in life. So I've learned a lot from it. So in a way, it was a blessing in yeah. disguise, if you know what I mean. And you went straight into BDI, which was give you some sort of solace, I suppose, yeah. at that time. Yeah, because that, because that, I mean, I felt I owed it to Gem and Andy, you know what I mean? Not to just go, you know what, I'm going home, you know what I mean? They'd come up, they joined our band when we needed it, you know what I mean? As you know, as well as they had a good life and all that, and they didn't do it for nothing, you know what I mean? I just mm. felt like going home, and you know, they put a lot of time in it. I felt we should just stay on the road and carry on, you know what I mean? Just because someone else has got the ump, you know what I mean? We should carry on doing it. In hindsight, you probably think, you know, should have probably had a break, but you know, in that in that time, you know, you don't want to go home and sit there because mm. you just go mad. So we just try and kept it on the road for a bit. And after BDI, that coincided with. The- like other not great times of your life, obviously the distance between you and Noel getting mm. bigger and bigger. You had a difficult divorce that you went mm. through. So the period immediately after that where we didn't hear much from you, mm. how was that for you? This is oh, it. I was just walking around the house, just fucking booting things and fuck, what are you fucking looking at in the middle? Have you got any pets? But yeah, no, I, no I, I had two dogs, but they, they, they stayed with Killed Gene them. and I, I would have fucking ate them. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, no, no shit times, man. But yeah. you know, like I say, everyone's there's a lot of other people worse off. You know, what I mean, I still had, you know, I live in a nice house. I still got nice, you know, I've still got nice things and that. Got more than enough, you know. what I mean, so it wasn't that bad. But the only thing that it was was boredom. Yeah. And just on the phone constantly, the lawyers, just morning, noon, and night. And I was like, how am I going to get the fuck out of this? You know what I mean? Mm. So I was just living in a world of just fucking bollocks all my own doing. You know what I mean? But mm. like I said before, like, like you said, music does save, man. Music come to me. At some point, I was sitting there, like staring at the guitar, and it just—I went and wrote bold and went I'm in need. And I do believe, man, if you're good to rock and roll or whatever it is, it'll be good to you. You know what I mean? So it, it come and brought me back into, brought me back to where I'm meant to be again. Because yeah. I find that low points like that in your life can spur you on to doing even better in the next bit, which is what you obviously. Yeah, do. and I think I think though, it's like anything. I think you do need life experiences to write really good, heartfelt music. And otherwise, it's just. If you've got, if you're just living in a bubble all the time and you know nothing, you're not experienced anything. It just becomes you're just writing fucking pop, aren't you? Have you sort of cleaned pop. up your uh, lifestyle a bit? Yeah, are I you, do. Are I mean, you I do. Out? No, I don't work out. I do run, man. I, I try and run as much as I can. I've been up since four this morning. Couldn't sleep. Uh, I ran for I ran, went up for a run about five. Got back in at about half six. So I do run as much as I can. Still smoking, still drinking every now and again, you know, all the other stuff, but you know, I don't do it as much as I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> all the other I mean? stuff. That's the uh, strap line there. <laughs> you see people like Robert Plant, he's putting out new music, Iggy Pop's putting new music yeah. out in the 70s. Do you reckon you'll make it that far? Do you, do you Mate, as long as I'd love to, man. I love singing, man. I love being on stage. I love the vibe of the crowd. I love hanging out with the lads. I love doing interviews and stuff, you know. I mean, the only thing that I don't like about this whole thing. It's like videos. Other than that, man, I love sitting down and having a little chat, you know what I mean, with people. Love being in the studio, love being out of the studio. So as long as I can still do it and as long as people really want to hear you sing and that, then I'll do it as long as I can, man. Yeah. Why not? How happy with you, were you with the uh, the movie, Supersonic? Yeah, good. I'm glad it got documented and sort of put and done and that because I think it, was, it had to be done and that. And I like Matt Wycross. He's done a good job. I thought, I didn't think it was too flash. Not like the Metallica films and that. So I think he'd done a good job. It was pretty rough and raw and stupid. And that's what Oasis kind of was. Did it make you laugh? Yeah, man. I thought it was one of the funniest films yeah. I've ever seen. Not meant to be a comedy at all, but... No, but it is, though, isn't it? Because me and our kid are funny, you know what I mean? And like, and Bonehead, we were, just, we were a bunch of fucking comedians, basically, that got lucky. That knew uh, knew how to play a few chords, knew how to sing and shout. And, uh, and that was basically it. We are just a bunch of fucking jokers, aren't we, really, in the long run. Did it make you sad, like watching it and thinking yeah. that's not there anymore? Yep, totally, man. Made me well sad, man. But and then I get, but then you've got to weigh it up, haven't you? You've got to go look. 
the good times outweighed the bad times for sure, you know what I mean? So other than that, if you carry on thinking, you know, you just go mad, don't you? But I had some monumental times in that band and mm. it's given me a great life and a great outlook on how I see it. So you just got to take the you got to take the good with the bad, aren't you? I mean, yeah, it did make me sad, you know. Like, you know, I'm obviously not speaking to our kid at the moment, you know what I mean? And I'm hopefully that'll change and that, but yeah, it made me sad and that. But like I say, you got to, the good times were way better than the bad times, yeah. You mentioned Bourne, I know that you've been you've stayed busy, oh, mate, since yeah. the moment you left the band, and yeah, man. You probably we, soul, text, mate, we, text, we text each other every morning, man. I, I love him, man, you know what I mean? He's yeah. a dude. Do you remember the time when uh, he used to do a lot of driving for us? So, you and before Oasis, <laughs> yeah. you. In fact, all what became Oasis, you saw the Inspirals a lot, yep. carrying gear up and down the country. Yeah, for free. For free. Oh, beer, right? Well, beer, beer yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. That's right, <laughs> it? But, uh, and stuff. Um, there was one time when you brought a van back, you delivered a load of gear to a recording studio in London. Right. I remember, I remember we got a conk, weren't we? Yeah, coming back, empty van, Salford van, I right. born edge driving, you and Noel were in the passenger seat with him. You picked some hitchhikers up at the bottom of the M1. Okay. <laughs> And you said you're going to have to sit in the back of the van. It was a big roller shutter thing. Right. And you drove up north. You stopped at the services. You played football for a bit. You <laughs> right. took ages. You forgot these kids were in the back of your van. Got back to Manchester. Bonehead dropped you at your house. You were living at your mum's at the time. He drove into town. Dropped Noel at India House. Went in. Noel said, come and listen to this tune I'm working on. By the time the van got back to Salford Van Ayer, it was like an eight-hour trip. Bonehead drops the van. Puts the keys through the letterbox in Salford Van Ayer goes back to get in his car and he hears this banging on the back of the truck. Oh, God. Hey, mate, is that you? The kids yeah. was locked in the back of the van. They've we been can't there for breathe eight hours. in here. We can't breathe. We've got any water. Well, and, but he put the keys through, the, so he had to <laughs> phone the emergency number itself. But to this day, I bet those kids don't realise that it was Oasis. Yeah, I want to see. If them kids are out there, come forth. Yeah. Let's see what you look like still, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was Bonehead. He's always picking odd cats up. <laughs> cats. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I remember going to Conk and, I, and like... I remember getting the van, and I remember it being a tall van, and we went going through Levenshume, we went under the bridge, and I think we nearly took the fucking roof off. That's what I remember, but, yeah, the hitchhikers, man. Fucking hell, bonehead. You're a very spiritual person. It would, I, like to think, I like to think I am. I mean, I don't... I mean, I could, I could do with dabbling a bit more, but I'd like to know... I do believe that it's not all that or worse, you know what I mean? There's something mm. else going on, you know what I mean? So do you believe in God? Um, the door is ajar. On that church, you know what I mean. I'll be one. I'm sitting on the fence for that one, but I, I do. But then I believe in the other side of it, the science side of it. There's a really, really profound thing that you say in the film about. I think it might be when you're back in your old house. It might be in, in your bedroom. But you yeah. say about how the aliens and stuff, or yeah. whatever that is. You know what I mean? But what the aliens are probably God anyway. You know what I mean? Or well, angels or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm definitely, I'm partial to it. Yeah. You said that, that bit about even the situation now between myself and Noel. You say mm. um, all this. You know friction and falling out you say even that might be part of somebody else's plans what's coming next somebody else is writing this story yeah and it's not normal one about yeah, a, yeah. A superior being yeah something. totally i think well it's happening for everyone though. i think it's not just me and you know your relationship in your life and we've all got little weird things that you go hold on a minute there's all that about here you know what i mean that yeah. can't be a coincidence or just little things i think everyone's got their own thing going on you know what i mean yeah but yeah i do i think it's all just part of the Part of the plan, isn't it? Part of somebody's story. Yeah, man. We've got these two little rabbits. I was telling Matt on the train on the way down. 
two-year-old brothers. They've, they've grown up together. Anyway, recently, they just started fighting and trying to kill each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, and we've had to separate. Them, so what are you called? What are you not called? You go, you go, you go, I'm thinking of changing the names. Cause <laughs> they just remind me, every time I see them like that, stirring each other through the fence like, yeah. Yeah, my ears are bigger than yours, so, you fuck. <laughs> We're all living in hope that one day we can get them back in the same rabbit hutch. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shame, though, that it broke up, you know what I mean? So I can't see it happening. And I know everyone's always gone about money and skin. I ain't skin, you know what I mean? I've got more than enough to get me through the day, you know what I mean? And the mm. night and the months and the years, you know what I mean? So I just I just think it'd be a shame because people want it, you know what I mean? I think yeah. it'd still be good, but I'm quite happy doing this as well. But yeah, yeah. I just still, I still sort of just think we shouldn't split up anyway, you know what I mean? I think... Mm. You know, nothing happened, you know what I mean? Like, it was just a, another little, little argument. So I just think maybe he just wanted out and he had to invent some dramatic scene up for that to happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, listen, I'm ready to go at any given time. i put this solo stuff on old like that or whatever, you know what I mean, tomorrow, you know what I mean? That's a big statement, that, isn't it? Yeah, I would do because I love I love the Oasis. Oasis is part of my life. There's not a day that goes by where I don't... I'm the guy from Oasis, you know, like I'm sure Noel is, and he is as well, you know what I mean? But, you know, there's not a day that goes past when people go, come on, when are you getting back together? And I'm sure, I just think it would be nice, you know what I mean? Especially for my mum as well, you know what I mean? She'd like to see us two sort our heads out and just do stuff and that, but, you know, this is what it is, this is life. But I'm quite happy doing this, you know what I mean, as well. Because it's, it's allowing me to get out and sing, you know what I mean, and, and do what I do and, you know, enjoy the stuff. Yeah. We see you playing guitar quite a lot on uh, some of these yeah. clips and in the film. Yeah. I can play when, a little bit, but I can only do my songs. I can't play. I won't be able to play any of yours. I won't, I won't I don't even not play any Oasis songs either. But uh, I don't know how to play some of the bits that I write and that. My thing is, I'm good for verses. I just don't. I, I need to learn some more chords that take me up into the chorus area. You know. What I'm I mean? good at choruses. See, I'm no good at that. I'm good at the. <laughs> I'm good at the. I'm good at the verses, the choruses, man. I just right. have to put it down then. Do they call that top lining in, in songwriting? Yeah, they yeah. call it top lining. If you're good at the melodies and the big stuff. Yeah, and then you get I'm good. At, I'm good at the beginning. I just don't know how to finish it off. Do you see yourself ever strapping a guitar on on no, stage? Never. And standing there? Never ever. No way, man. <laughs> It'd get in the way of my. Uh, no, I don't just end up just like that. Whenever my tongue out, when I. What about sitting on a stool with no, your guitar, sending the band off for a few no, minutes? No, I never. No, that's not for me. I think on our, a satellite. No, stage. I think our kids got that song. <laughs> nah, not for me, mate. I need to. I need the aggro, man. I need the. Nah, no way. I don't think people would want it either, would they? Ashcroft does it well with the guitar, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm, I do always have a go at him. I go, every time you put the guitar down, man, you have yeah, a proper front, man. And he goes, yeah, but, you know, no one knows, no one knows how to do it like I do. And I'm going, fair play to you. But he does look good with the guitar. But when you see Jagger doing it and you see Bono even doing it, or, you know, I just, and who else is that? Is it? Even Daltrey. I just think they're great without them, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Manchester a little bit. Do you still uh, love your visits back up there? Yeah, I do. Go up to see my mum, not as much as I should do. Don't go to the match as much as I should do. Go and see Bonehead a bit. But, uh, yeah, no, I do love going back there, man. And is it the place where you feel most love when you're gigging as well? Yeah, I get, I get more nervous about playing Manchester, though, because it's just, you know, because I've lived in London and I feel like some people think, oh, you're the fucking, you're cockney traitor and all that nonsense. But... Once I get back up there, I have the time of my life, you know what I mean? But it's the getting in there, you know what I mean? You think, oh, everyone's going to get on me chops and all that. But once I'm there, I have a really good time. And then yeah. I'm, I start, oh, I might move back up here and all that, but sort of... Sort Do of, it. Yeah, no, nah, I don't <laughs> know, man. The kids are down here as well. They're keeping me down here. It's their yeah. fault. <laughs> Do you get more privacy when you walk down the streets in London than you would in Manchester? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I haven't walked down the streets in Manchester for years, but I, I get whatever I do when I do go about... Everyone just gives you love and all that. So I go, but I do, you do get a bit more 
saying like you do you do and you don't I guess you know I mean it depends where you go if you go somewhere for the first time everyone gets on your case but if you stick I just stick to my local pub you know what I mean in Highgate and, and everyone sees you every day up and about getting your coffee or getting your shopping and that and so it's, it's just normality to them you know what I mean yeah, but yeah. if you do go to some places that you don't normally go it can be a bit be a bit of a frenzy who are your favourite Mancunians? Give us three or four people that you love. From right. You've got to mention Bonehead. Well, Bonehead, obviously. My mum, obviously. My family. Yourselves. Thank you. Who else, man? <laughs> All the Manchester City football team, of course. Pep Guardiola now. Um, all my mates, you know what I mean? Chris Johnson, Daryl, Steph. I mean, I'll probably forget a few now and they'll get me coats in that. He lives in Canada, all that lot, man. Yeah. I mean, but it's changed though a lot though. You know, <laughs> when I go around there now, I need a map, you know what I mean? Which is a shame. It's, yeah, it's changed a lot. The city centre's changed. Like, it's like the Vegas of the North, isn't it? It looks good now, you know what I mean? When we were there, it was fucking shite. There's not going on. It was quite a dark place, wasn't it, back yeah. then? Yeah. And obviously, when even in your day, you know, be, you know, I'm not saying that you're a lot older than me, but you know what I mean? It was even good. <laughs> no, but in the 80s, it was even worse, wasn't it? You know, but like the 90s, it was still like the you know late 80s, 90s. It was still, <clears> seems a lot of colour in the city, you know what I mean? Whereas before I left, it was, pretty, it was kind of still dullish. I remember. When I started going into town in the, the late 70s for punk gigs, all my memories of it were grey or black and white, monochrome, yeah. but then when Manchester happened, yeah, I mean, yeah. even the mid-80s, like when it was the Smiths and yeah, that, yeah. still grey, but Manchester just brought a lot of colour. Yeah, which was, which was good, yeah. No, it was good, man. Yeah. Mad gaff, mad gaff. Go back to that we were saying before about when um, Debbie owned up, they had a little tears of joy, a little yeah. teary moment when your album went to number one. Yeah. Do you ever see things on telly or on films that make you cry? Not really, man. Do you not? No, and I'm not being hard or anything. I just sort of, yeah, not really. Man. I bet you when you get older, it'll start getting your stuff like that. Like, I can be watching oh, no, no, Antiques no, Roadshow, always oh, gets me. You know, yeah, some no. old woman who's got a, a fruit bowl that's battered and she finds out it's yeah. worth 100 grand. Oh, no, no, that, that's beautiful. I'll tell you what did get me. It gets me every time, I'll tell you what did get me the last one, that <clears> Ricky Gervais <throat> thing. Can't remember the thing or that, but that got me. That made me sad. Yeah, the latest one. The that latest one, yeah, 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 that was beautiful. Yeah. That got me. Afterlife. Yeah, that Afterlife. one, yeah, yeah, that done me writing, yeah. It, I thought that, but a lot of people didn't get it, did they? A lot of people didn't. A lot of people said it was morbid and that, yeah. but, you know, but there was a lot of beauty in mor morbid yeah. stuff. I didn't see it as morbid, I just, felt, I just felt it was like, I felt you hit the spot there with it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. When's this album coming out then? We've got a date on it. Right, it's coming out in September. I think it's. I think I'm hearing it's September the 20th, the day before my birthday, which would be a nice present if it goes well. Why is it called Why Me, Why Not? Where does that come right. from? Right, so years ago in Munich, before I got my head kicked and I was there, I think I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't doing a gig anyway. Stayed at a hotel, went out for a walk, come back, and it was next door there was a John Lennon exhibition going on with Yoko Ono. She was there talking about his paintings, his squiggles and that. So I bowled in there and I bought a couple of, I think I bought three pieces. Right, so I bought this Why Me one. And it was just him stood there on a the cloud like in his Jesus pole and it says Why Me? And I thought, I'm having that, it looks cool. Mm. Then go home, a couple of years later, I have Lennon, I'm in New York, I end up getting to meet Yoko Ono. She's going, oh, come at the Dakota building. So we go to the Dakota building, me and my mate Steve. So she's going, oh, you've heard you call your son then? And I said, yeah. She goes, oh, what, why? Do you not think that's a bit of a silly name? And I was going, well, a bit silly calling him Yoko, innit? You know what I mean? So <laughs> Lennon it is, you know what I mean? She goes, oh, you don't think you're going to get picked on at school? I was like, nah, man, he'd be buzzing with that name, man. So anyway, I said, oh, talking about stuff. And I said, oh, bought some of his art years ago in Munich. She went, oh, which one? I said, the Why Me one. She goes, you know, he did another one. I says, no, I didn't see that. She goes, I'll send it you. So anyway, long story short, I'm sitting in my garden in Primrose Hill and it was a really sunny day and I've got my two cats sitting next to me. I'm a beer, Mick and Keith are there. The door goes. <laughs> the cats, Mick yeah, and Keith. Yeah, I haven't got them anymore. I've got Sid and Nancy now. <laughs> so the door goes and a big DHS or whatever it is who delivered it and it's a big picture. So I'm opening it from New York, the old Corona and letter. <clears> and there's a picture 
the next one that he did in the line, and it's a picture of him sitting in a chair in the clouds with his cats, and it says, why not? So he's done, why me and why not? And then I've, I've held on to that for years, thinking if I ever, you know, whether it was Oasis or whatever, I need to get that in there somewhere. So yeah. that was the title of the album. Finally got that out of it. It's still a Lennon spirit. He's still, he's still, he's still, he's still, he's still feeding me some, um, he's drip feeding me some information, man. Do you think if he was still alive, he'd love what you do? No, he'd probably hate me. I think he'd love you, mate. Do you reckon? I don't yeah. know, but, yeah, but, yeah, man, I, I reckon so, but you never know. Well, if you're called like, that's a bit of an indicator, isn't it? Pardon? If you're called like, she, she gets it. Yeah, so. man, but you never know, though, do you? But What's she like? She, she You know what? She was cool really nice. Chick. Yeah, man, she was like, you judge a book by the cover. She was nice. She made us a nice cup of tea. Selection of nice English biscuits. She asked me if I wanted to go on the piano. I said, nah, you know what? And then we were talking. She showed us around and all that. She's like, and that's, it's funny because I said, oh, that's a really nice picture out of you because you had loads of pictures on the piano. She looked cool, Yoko, man. You know what I mean? Mm. When she first was out and all that. So she had these shades on, a bit like your black ones that you got on a day. Yeah. Tom she was Ford. all dressed in like leather and all that. Or not leather, but like a play suit and that. I said, that's a really cool picture. That. She's going, oh, that was John's favourite picture. I was going, right. It's going to be a good day here. Everything's coming out nice. <laughs> so now she was sweet, mate. You know what I mean? And then we did another gig and she brought me like a flower from Madison Square Garden. I think she got two. It was her favourite flower. And she goes, oh, John wore it at the Madison Square Garden gig with Elton. When he come back, so there was one for me and Noel. So I said, yeah, this is from Yoko. And I ain't wearing a fucking flower. And he launched it. So I gave it to my mum because my mum was there. And I wore mine pinned on like that. So that so it was another nice time. Yeah, yeah. So she's cool. she was cool, man. Who were the other icons? You got your icons that you've met? Ray Davis. I always bump into him in Highgate. Yeah. He's cool. I and bump, start bumping into Dave as well. He's sort of, I think he's in the area now. You ever tell you the story about, you know, when we were at Conk, when we recorded oh, yeah, Conk, yeah. Ray Davis and... Dave, well, Ray Davis owns Conk Studios, don't right. yeah. So the Inspirals checked in to do a little a week of recording. And that morning, that Monday morning... What did you do then? <clears throat> I think Commercial Rain was recorded at right. Conk, I think. It's that era. But um, the Kinks rolled into the studio. It's like two rooms there, two studios. On the day we started, the Kinks got back together for the first time in years nice. to record this album. And um, they were notorious for always falling out, weren't they, Dave yeah, and Ray? Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, they moved in, started the recording session. Within an hour, they'd had a fight. Ray came out with a broken tooth and black eye, like that. Yeah. It's like saying, I walked into a door, didn't I? But yeah. they'd had a big scrap, yeah, didn't right, they? Right. Yeah. I think okay. they're getting on now, man. I see him yeah, kind of like it. I see him kind of in the same area. I seen David the other week in a curry house. It was nice. Kipling's, yeah. shout out. Then I seen Dave in the gatehouse. He looked like Scrooge. He had one of them little, you know, them little things that oh, had yeah, little yeah. bells on. Yeah. Looked cool, man. Well, Beckham, there's a nice scene of uh, Beckham. David Beckham, yeah, I don't see much of him, and that he's always out in Miami and that, but I've seen him at the Glastonbury thing. And the thing is, the, the press picked up on it, and they'd say, around and went, oh, I just blatantly just went, oh, the missus kicked him out. I wouldn't say that. Here's what I said to him. I said, <laughs> I, said how long, I said, how long are you here for? And he goes, till Thursday. I was like, Thursday? Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, what well, if the missus kicked you out or something? Yeah. You've got nowhere to live. That's what it was. And they picked up on that. The and they're sort of like saying, that. I just walked up to his kid and gone, oh, your missus kicked you out. I wouldn't say stuff like that. I don't know <laughs> But yeah, he's all right, Beck. Every time yeah. I see him, every time I, you know what I mean? Every time I see him, he's always asking me for a selfie. I'm like, give over, man. <laughs> Shake me hand, man. Have a beer. Can I get a selfie with you? you fucking got one last time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, he's a good one. Right. Oh, yeah, Manny. Let's talk about Manny. He's a great man. Keen. Manny, yeah. yeah. He's all, I mean, constantly texting me mad shit. I mean, I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning just to delete half of the stuff he texts me because it's yeah. moody. It's a bit, yeah, I know. You know what I mean? I get it as well. It's a bit dodged, some of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <isn't> it? <laughs> right, before we wrap this up, Liam, 
Describe Manchester in three words. Centre of... I know it's four. Can I have four? Yeah. Centre of the universe. That was good. Centre at universe. Yeah, cent- yeah easy. <laughs> centre universe. Liam, thanks for being a human of excess Manchester. You're welcome. That was Liam Gallagher. Next time, I'm joined by fashion blogger and YouTuber Megan Ellaby. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to Humans of Excess Manchester. Rate us, feel free to leave us a review, and we always like to hear your feedback. Thanks again to our friends at Safer Roads GM for sponsoring this series, and thank you for listening. See you next week. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.